You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. So here's what Lacrosse has recently done. They've taken their 100 plus years of experience to create a new line of lace-up hunting boots called the Navigator Series. Now the Navigator Series comes in two options, the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. Now if you want to find out more about their high-quality awesome boots, you need to go to lacrossefootwear.com. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Vortex Optics. Today, we are joined by David Frank, and David is going to share a story about how his father impacted his life uh, through hunting. And it may not have been the in-your-face type impact. It may have been uh, more of a laid-back impact, but an impact nonetheless. And how his dad was kind of a mentor to, to him uh, th- uh, through hunting, right? Uh, I personally had never, I don't have that, uh, I didn't really have that mentor per se. I had people who kind of guided me along the way, but for the most part, I did everything on my own. Um, There are some guys who had really good mentors growing up, like fathers and uncles and maybe family friends. Uh, And that's what today's episode is about. Uh, David kind of walks us through the role his father played in his life. And then unfortunately it ended in tragedy and, but out of that tragedy came something awesome. And that was David now getting into uh, bow hunting a little bit more serious. And uh, that's what today's podcast is about. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, It's really, it gets intense, but it's, it's an awesome podcast and the love I, I love these types of um, interviews because you get to peel back the layers and you talk m- a little bit more about life and less about hunting and and then you kind of realize that hunting is just a very small part of life you know there's other things that take priority over top of uh, just hunting right and uh, you know like I said that's what today's podcast is about now 
if you haven't already, you need to take advantage of a huge offer that we are doing with Lone Wolf, right? I'm getting ready to pick the next winner. It's going to be this uh, this week sometime. Pick the next winner of the Lone Wolf Tree Stand Giveaway. And how you do that is you go to Lone Wolf's website. So I think it's Lone Wolf Hunting Products slash Nine Fingers. Uh, you enter your email address. You enter in your... Uh, email address again so your name and your email address you hit submit and then you're automatically entered into the giveaway do that and then it kicks back a discount code for you to use right and that discount code is for $50 off all purchases over $199 and I'll just give it to you it's 9FC50 so it's like like a 25% off right go buy a tree stand save some money right Uh, so not only does it get you entered to win, but you get a twenty, basically a twenty-five percent discount. It's fifty dollars off all. Uh, so if you buy one of their tree stands, it's like twenty percent off, right? So it's a really good discount. Uh, take advantage of that. And uh, plus, lone wolves are a badass tree stand. I honestly don't have any tree stands set up yet, and most of mostly, I'm not really worried because I'm a run and gun guy anyway, and I feel that. Uh, I have my assortment of lone wolves that I'm going to play with. Uh, some of them will be in traditionally good uh, rut spots, and then I'm going to be bouncing with the rest of them, you know, all over the, the Iowa countryside on public and private. So, uh, man, I'm, that season is so close. I can taste it, man. But I got an elk hunt before I can start hunting whitetails. I'll probably get in the tree one or two times, then I'm off to a mule deer hunt, and then it's time to focus on the whitetails. And uh, I tell you what, I can taste it. I'm jacked. My family's jacked. You can hear them yelling in the background. (laughs) But uh, there's that. Enough talking. Let's get into today's podcast with David Frank. All right, here we go. On the phone with me right now, Mr. David Frank. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Counting down the days. Yeah. I tell you what, man. It is getting closer. By the end of this week, it will be like 30 days until I'm heading to Colorado for my elk hunt. It's God. It's so, I don't know. I feel like I'm underprepared. No. Fuck no, man. (laughs) I'm never prepared. I am never prepared for anything in my life these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I still got plenty of work to do for my uh, for my hunts and stuff, but I'm just sticking to Minnesota, so yeah. I got I got some time. Yeah, it's crazy. And we talked a little bit about this before <laughs> before we started recording. How crazy our lives are, right? Yeah, um, yeah. My, I, I I was so consumed by like focusing on my kids, trying to get them organized to get into a vehicle so I could go to the hardware store and buy a couple more (laughs) sheets of drywall. I'm pulling out of my driveway and I own, this is no joke. I only have one shoe on and I'm like, (laughs) I'm an adult, right? I need to, like, I need to, I need to try to get my life together in a better way. And it just does not work at all. (laughs) One shoe. I'm 38. One shoe. One shoe. I, you know, Who's got it all all figured out, right. really? Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they say they do, they're lying. Yeah, that's a fact, man. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, 
how okay so minnesota they open october 1st too right september 15th oh, so shit, midway you know still still uh still summer pattern and stuff right so you're even you're you're in that 30 you know 30 35 day window until yep. you know or i guess 40 40 day window until you can start yeah yeah, the clock's ticking. I still got some stand work to do, but I'm hoping to get it done here either this weekend or next, and then stay the heck out of the woods. Right, right. Are you keep my uh, stink out of there? Are you a early season guy? Like, do you try to get after it as soon as possible to try to catch them on those summer patterns, or do you well I wait mean, till the good times? I'm, I our gun season is like second weekend in November, so I've never really actually seen the crazy rut that everybody talks about. Yeah. <laughs> I I tagged out early last year as my this is I am I want to preface this by saying I'm not a pro obviously I I just I got lucky I went into a spot after a a good rainy week and then it was the first dry nice day and I got out of work early and made it happen it was the best night of deer hunting I've ever had in my life I mean I probably saw 15 almost 20 deer and I shoot I haven't even seen that many in a year before right so it's I, it was September 21st last year that I got one, but I mean I haven't been doing it long, and I had a little voice in my ear, not on the cell phone, but uh, a little voice saying, "Well, shoot that one, shoot that one." I was taking pictures and stuff while I was in the stand. Yeah, and I had a little basket eights walk by me, and I ended up shooting a, a seven pointer, but I saw his belly hanging, so I said, "Well." He doesn't look immature. I I couldn't tell you his age, but I am still new at this. So yeah. I, if I had to guess, he's two and a half, maybe three and a half, but I don't know. Right. Right. So you say yeah. you say you're new to this. Or what are you new to? I'm new to bow hunting. Bow I'm hunting. new. I mean, probably maybe six years I've been bow hunting. Okay. Um, but I've been shotgun hunting. Uh, north of the Twin Cities, I mean, since maybe I was 12. I'm gotcha. 36 now. So, gotcha. I mean, as maybe not 12, but whenever it's legal where it's yeah. <laughs> where you can legally go and sit by yourself. But right. I tell you what, man, I've been bow hunting for longer than six years. Uh, yeah. Like hardcore bow hunting. I'm now I'm going yeah. on, on, in on my what I would consider my 13th season of hardcore bow hunting. I did some bow yeah. hunting before that. It, there's like, you know, it's just like pre pre serious, or I don't even know how you would. It's like the Bible, right? AD and yeah. BC, yep. right? It's like <laughs> yeah, BC yep. is my hey man. I had a bow and I went to the tree stand. I'm a bow hunter, yep. and AD right, right. is me learning being consumed and there are still days yeah yeah, there are still days where i just feel like i'm you feel like you're back in the bc right yep feel like a rookie i mean and i i I mean i (laughs) i listened to a wired to hunt today actually it was a couple it was maybe from last week but they're talking about mistakes they've made and it's like geez i make i mean we all make more mistakes than we make good moves for the most part you know if (laughs) if we all were like a hundred percent every time we'd only need one day. Right. You know, for our, for our season, but what fun would that be in Minnesota? What's that? What fun would that be? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, you'd go to the next year and you'd be like, Oh, 
I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do because I keep making mistakes. Well, let's go. Let's go all the way back then and talk okay. a little bit about, you know, you mentioned you were shotgun hunting by the age of 12. Did you grow up in a hunting family? Yeah. Yeah. I, some of my earliest memories were following my dad and the dog around hunting pheasants and grouse and stuff like that in Northern Minnesota. And we actually came down by you a couple times. We were down in Sheffield, Iowa, pheasant mm-hmm. hunting. And nice. we, let's see, I mean, it was North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin. I try to think if we went into Canada, we were way up North a few times, but pheasant hunting, grouse hunting, I mean, fishing was always a part of me and going up to uh, Lake of the Woods, way, way up North and it's pretty much on the border, Minnesota and Canada and doing a lot of fishing growing up. And I don't know, it was kind of just always a part of me. I mean, and once I, I mean, shoot, I still remember the first time I shot a gun and it was out in the middle of nowhere. There was a crappy old, uh, vinyl chair that I don't know, somebody <laughs> dumped out in the woods and dad said, Hey, you want to try this? <laughs> and of course I did want to be like dad and blam and, you know, just about knocked me over. But that was, I mean, that was it. I was, yeah, yeah that was done. Yeah. I, uh, I've had a couple stories or had a couple conversations with some guys, right? And they, and yep. some of them, the, the outcome is the same, but their introduction to hunting was different through their dads. Now, yep. there was yep. Yep. there was one dad, and this dad was, hey, man, if you want to come hunting with me, you can come hunting with me. I'm never going to turn you down. Right. And then there right. was the other dad who is, you're going to come hunting with me. I want you to, right. in, I'm, he, like almost forcing them to enjoy it. Yep. Um, yep. What was yep. your, what was your dad like? You know, it was once, once I got older, it was kind of like, okay, you want to sleep in fine. Be a pansy sleep in yeah. and you're going to miss out. You can't kill a, can't kill a deer from the couch or your bed. But right. Before that, I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember, I really don't remember choosing or being really against it by any means. I think I just wanted to hang out with dad and go do dude stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's what that was to me and go bird hunting and go fishing and stuff like that. And that was just life yeah. to me until, I don't know, until I was a teenager and then, you know, I was in sports, I played hockey, so I was most of the winter I was pretty much spoken for and, you know, deer hunting around here was, you know, second weekend of November and that's all well and good, but I, that was pretty much all we did. So, you know, we'd go out a couple of weeks beforehand and put stands up where we thought might be good, but like, I don't, I don't think he ever knew right. <laughs> what, right. uh, you know, bed to food pattern or, you know, what yeah. the hot food source was or anything like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I remember going to set up stands with him, you know, when I was really young and he used to bow hunt for a long time and he was, he just sucked at it. Apparently he hunted. (laughs) My mom likes to tell the story that he hunted for like 13 or 14 different years and didn't shoot anything with a bow. And back, back, yeah, back then, I guess the tags in Minnesota were like aluminum Yeah, that they had a basket in my parents' house that the whole rim of the basket was all his tags all like tied together. <laughs> and I, you know, I, <laughs> there was no internet back then. 
there was, I mean, it was magazines and word of mouth and here, try this, try that. No right. one was running and gunning, you know, it wasn't, that was like, that was stupid. You know, that was right. like, why, why waste the energy if you can sit on a spot and, you know, you're going to see deer, but they might right. not be like, they're not booners for sure. Right. <laughs> right. So was your, growing up, was your dad the, the kind of dad who, like went into detail and explained the whys and hows or was he just kind of quiet and you know just let you tag along and it was your job to learn from him it was pretty much learn from him i mean i i I had you know marks on my face from walking through brush with him and it's like well he's and i'm noticing a lot more now i have a son too so i'm like he's almost two but like i'm noticing now that i don't think about him when I'm doing something, if I, like, I just started mowing the grass with him on like in a backpack on my back. Yeah. And like, I don't, yesterday I was mowing and I went through a little area where there's a tree overhanging. I didn't even think about it. I'm just thinking, I'm just mowing this grass while he's over my head behind me and little piece of the tree whapped him in the face. And I'm like, what, what happened? Right. Oh yeah. The kids on my back. Crap. Yeah. You know, like I, and that was, I mean, that was pretty much like, I know that, you know, it wasn't like, definitely wasn't malicious. It was like, well, maybe you just watch where you're walking. Right. And I mean, as an adult, we all think, yeah, that totally makes sense. But with the little one, you know, I was probably six, seven, eight when I started going with him and pheasant hunting and stuff. And I mean, it was his shadow. Was, you just watch. Yeah, I was a shadow. I mean, I I learned from him and I mean, he wasn't a great explainer, communicator, but what I know of, you know, the little bit of tracking I know how to do is from him. I mean, it's all really good knowledge to have, but as far as bow hunting goes, it was never like, he always just said that it just took so much time. It does. That, and I get it now, but like it took so much time to learn and, you only get so much time to hunt, so you got to learn on the fly. And I mean, I'm starting to get it, but by no means am I <laughs> really that good at it. Right. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> makes sense. So if that answers your question, I kind of went roundabout with it. No, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So cool. For me, you know, I I didn't really have a a, a solid mentor in the outdoor game. Yep. I mean, yep. the hunting and fishing game. My dad took me yep. fishing, but it was like bobbers and night crawlers, right? Anybody can yep. figure that out. Yep. But my dad yep. took me hiking and he took me camping and we did that uh, right. quite a, quite a bit. Um, but when it came to hunting, you know, all that, I, I had to learn most of that myself. Now, as I got right. older and I wanted to go hang out with my friends and sports and school activities, yep. uh, got, yep. you know, I got involved there. I kind of stepped away from a lot you know hanging out with dad doing the camping and stuff because yep. you know oh yep. parents are uncool right right when, you want to hang out with your friends right so when that came when it as you got older did you step away from your dad uh as far as you know spending time with him out in the woods doing less of that yeah or did you continue to do that as you grew i up? i did I, I definitely stepped away i mean I don't know. I was always kind of a follower in, you know, my friend groups and stuff like that. So I wanted to be cool and I'm doing all the cool kid stuff and being a dumb high schooler. But I mean, I, I always, you know, that second weekend in November, I was always ready to hunt. 
whether whether or not I I went because sometimes you know Saturday morning of opening day it's like man I want to get up and go hunting but I was up till four you know like hang out with my friends like I am I just went to sleep (laughs) (laughs) you know like I want to sleep in and you know be a bum but like I that those are some of my regrets like I wish I would have gone you know because those I mean we all know that mornings in the fall, if you're in the woods, when everything start waking up, yeah. I mean, that's tough to beat. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that's a fact, man. Hey, man, I'm in that yep. same I'm in that same boat with you. I wasted yeah. a lot of years of my life staying out yep. late and doing dumb shit when I should have been yep. out, you know, saving money and going experiencing all the things that I wish I would, you know, I, I want to experience yep. now. And now yep. I got three kids. And, right, you know, right. it's just, you know, and a family right. and stuff. And it just, yep. it just doesn't, it, it can't happen. You just have to, there's so much right. more time and energy and preparation that goes into everything yeah, now. It takes but, so much more to get, to make that happen. Right. And I mean, let's see a couple of years ago, my, my wife grew up in the, in the twin cities. Like I and I was, I grew up North of the city. So I was kind of in the country, not really, but I don't know. My town probably had 10,000 people in it, but I, to go to, to like get up to hunt on opening day, my drive was less than five minutes. So like that, I was close to the country, but basically my wife had never hunted, yeah. you know, she didn't grow up around it and they fished a little bit, but that wasn't a, a thing to them. So a couple of years ago, I got her up with me one morning. We went and sat on a pretty easy spot, you know, to get to, it wasn't, it was like a hundred yards from the truck. So it wasn't that bad, but we actually got to see, you know, saw a couple of coyotes and I didn't want to shoot them with her around me. I've done it before and, you know, you still kind of feel bad, but it's got to be done. But we did see does and we saw a fawn. So it was like, at least she got to see, you know, the dawn and like waking up and getting out there in the dark and everything kind of waking up, like I was just saying. And then we got to actually see deer up close and like, I think she gets it a little bit, but. I mean, it's going to be a while before my, my son gets to come out with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. then, you know, after that, you know, did you go to college? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I, did. So, I went so, to, uh, Bethel university in, uh, St. Paul. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. so then as, you know, as you got out of high school and you went into college, did you then transition back into, hunting a lot with your dad and going fishing with him or were you kind of on your own at that point? I was, I was kind of on my own. I mean, like I, I think I'm pretty sure I still went out for like the first weekend of gun season, but I probably didn't stick around for the second or I didn't go out and sit by myself or anything like that. It was like, well, it's not as fun. I was at that point. It was more about like hanging out by the fire and like we were, we were the kind of guys that would sit in the morning go back and have breakfast, take a nap, you know, relax, have a beer or something like that. And then go back out at, you know, three or something like that. So it was, I mean, it wasn't, we never sat all day, the whole all day sits thing. That's, <laughs> that's pretty foreign to me. I'm trying it out now. It's but, foreign to me, dude. I hate it ugh, straight up. It's, it's tough, but I, I mean, thank God for cell phones. Cause I wouldn't be able to do it if I couldn't play on my phone and i probably shouldn't i i know i shouldn't i mean i listen to wired hunt i know what happened to mark a couple of, was it last year year before yeah but i you know i know i should be paying attention but 
gosh, those hours where it's just like nothing's happening. Yeah. Nothing's going on. Let's see. Let's see what's on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or something yeah. like that. But yeah. I don't know. I hunting was, it was not hardcore back then. It was, if it's brown, it's down and we did party, party hunts. So like we did drives and whatnot. So it was like on the second weekend, if, if we weren't having any luck, which was most of the time, we'd just start walking around and pushing, trying to push deer to people. And I shot a lot of deer doing that, but I mean, so I got used to the, to the act of, you know, killing a deer, but, um, I was never into, you know, the, the chess game, you know what I mean? I was just, that wasn't, it was just like, sit here and wait for something to happen or wait for the deer to run to you. And that was, that was the game. Do you remember, uh, your first successful deer hunt or the first time you ever killed a deer? Oh yeah, for sure. I remember it was like, it was like it was yesterday. <laughs> Talk to me about that. And it's still, it was the best shot I've ever made on a deer. <laughs> I was, I was sitting on the, uh, there was this popple swamp and you know, I, the guys I hunt with, they would walk towards me and I'm on, uh, I'm in this stretch of timber that, you know, kind of overlooks a CRP field and then a, a cornfield behind me. So we would always lose deer through this cornfield because they get in the you know corn if it wasn't picked yet and it seems like the farmers never pick you know till after gun season so it's always we would always lose deer into there so yeah i remember i'm sitting on this corner this fence post like probably 10 feet off the ground i'm pretty sure it was like a closet door on posts like that was the stand i was sitting on and i this doe walks up you know you know, I, I heard, I think I heard a gunshot, like the guys in the drive were pushing through this, these popples and heard a boom. And a couple minutes later, this doe pops out right, looking right at me. And I, I stand up, you know, this is my first deer I've ever shot in my life. And I stand up and she doesn't move. So it's dumb luck, but I put it behind her shoulder and she went 20 yards and piled up. And that was, that was, you know, that was uh, a very proud, proud moment for me. And there, we have a picture of it somewhere of me standing with my dad and the deer hanging off the four wheeler. And it's like, gosh, that, I mean, I don't think I've ever stood that tall in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. What, what did your dad say? Uh, Cause there's times where dad's like, I'm going to be the dad that flips, oh, yeah. that flips out. I'm going to like, yeah. if once my, one of my kids shoots a deer, I'm going to lose it. I'll probably pass out. Lose it. Yep. Yep. No, dad was, I mean, he was always, I mean, he got animated about stuff, but it was never, I mean, it was like, all right, good shot. Yeah. Good shot. You know, you put it right where you needed to good shot. She didn't go far and that's what you want. I remember, you know, stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure in the picture, he's got his arm around me and we're both smiling and that was a really fond memory, but like he was a quiet, I mean, he was quieter. I got used to silence and I think it was more that he was like thinking of something to say a lot of times, but I mean, that was just how he was wired and he didn't, he wasn't a motor mouth. Like I kind of am. So yeah. 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 Well, you know, and like all stories, there's a, there's a climax, right? Um, yep, yep. And so you stepped away from hunting for a while. 
why don't you tell yep. us why that was walk us through that that time in your life sure no i mean i i went to college and it was like a it was a small liberal arts like christian school so it was like it wasn't like i was out partying or anything but it was like i i always thought that the stuff i was doing with my friends was more important than hunting and at the time i guess it was and i know i missed out on a lot of good deer because i I remember somehow my dad did not know how to work a cell phone and somehow he sent me a picture of a buck he shot which is now on the landowner's wall because it's you know it's probably i suck at trying to judge them you know like gross score net score whatever but this deer i mean he was a I think he was a nine pointer, but just tall and wide. And this deer was hanging. I was at a wedding and I remember him saying, texting me, which was so foreign to me. And it was foreign to everybody at the time, but somehow my old man figured it out. And, uh, I missed out on a really big deer. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It was, I, it wasn't like I intentionally, like, I don't want to do that. It was more, it's like the stuff I'm, I'm more into the, just messing around with my friends, staying up late, watching movies and being stupid. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That was what it was about at that time. Trying to chase girls. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, trying. Trying. Yeah. Everybody tries. Yeah. Man. Everybody tries. Yeah. So he yep. slammed, he slams a giant and he, and, yep. uh, during that gun season and you, yep. you just didn't participate that year. No, I was in a wedding. I was oh, in a buddy's wedding, wedding yeah. and it was like, I, you know, I was bummed that I missed hunting, but it was like at that time it wasn't a priority to me. So I, right. you know, it was, it was like, holy crap. I'm showing my bu- other buddies at the wedding who hunt. I'm like, my dad just shot this thing. Yeah. Like, I bet you're pissed off. I'm like, well, uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was kind of just impartial. Yeah. I mean, but I've, it didn't, it didn't really matter all that much to me. I was like, sweet, that's a sweet deer. I'll enjoy that sausage when we get it. But, yeah. um, I don't know at stepping away. It was just, I was into the stuff I was into. It wasn't, you know, anything like, you know, hard feelings or you pushed me too hard or anything like that. It was just gotcha. like, I was just into the stuff I was into. Gotcha. Gotcha. So there wasn't a, peri- <clears throat> there wasn't a period of time where you, where you went like, years without hunting right i don't think so i mean if 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 i did miss it was like maybe i missed one day out of the season but i'd be up there the next day or i'd go up and post for them for guys doing drives or i'd go walk through swamps for them or yeah whatever but i was always involved it was just we never really i never got to lay down anything big until i guess i was probably about 19 we got to hunt a hunt an area that was going to be developed the next year and nobody was allowed to hunt it up to that point. And my dad, he just, he knew everybody in town. He grew up in the town I grew up in. So, uh, he, he was just always around. So he knew a lot of people and, uh, a buddy of his had a, I don't know how many acres it was, but it was, it was going to be purchased. And this guy didn't even hunt and he was out <laughs> sitting in his truck with his shotgun leaning against the side, he fell asleep. You know, he was, he was not a hunter, but we're doing drives to this stuff. And I, I pretty sure I laid down a, he was, I didn't lay him down. I mean, he was probably a nine pointer. 
Yeah. He was the ghost. He was the ghost buck that everybody said they saw that was banging against both row, both sides of the corn row. Yeah. You know, as it's walking along and holy crap, this thing's huge. And I, <laughs> I hit him three times and I was, I mean, I had never been in front of a big deer like that. So right. like I, I unloaded my shotgun and I had time to put more shells in and he went through another finger of timber and he, uh, he probably ran three quarters of a mile with three slugs in them. Wow. And then we caught up with them and finished the job. But I, I mean, I have those antlers in the garage, but, uh, I don't know. That was, I, that was one of the bigger deers, deers. Yeah. Deers, deer <laughs> that I ever shot. Yeah. Um, and he was there for that and that was really, really cool. But it was one of those, like no one was had haunted that land for, 20 years and there's no wonder that there's probably bigger ones out there to be honest with you yeah crazy man that's awesome yeah um yeah that was cool so what happened on february 21st 2010 (laughs) well i was uh i was hanging out with some buddies i got a call from home which was odd my mom or dad never really called me and pick up the phone and it was one of my best friend's moms uh, saying I need to come home. Uh, my mom's all right. My, I think she said my dad was okay, but he was not. Um, so I get home and find out that dad had uh, taken his life. Gotcha. But obviously that's, I mean, it was so long ago. Yes, I'm like trembling when I say it, but it was so long ago and it, kind of feels like a movie you know what i mean like holy crap that happened and there's still days where i uh where i think about it where it's like wow that that actually happened was this a shock yeah was this a shock to the whole family Uh, or yeah did anybody see it it coming it was a total shock to everyone i mean he was always a happy guy but i mean happy to him was just quiet yeah but not uh i mean i don't know he i know that he didn't love his job but he was he was always telling me you never give up always do your best type of stuff like that so it was like it doesn't compute you know it doesn't make sense to me what happened but i know i mean from experience like i've been in depression and stuff like that before and I know when you're in the storm, you don't really, you can't see out of it. You know, there's yeah. no, there's no end in sight. And he was wrestling with some stuff, obviously. And uh, he chose, he made the decision to be done. Yeah. I wish he wouldn't have, but I mean, that's his decision. So, yeah. man. Yeah. That was a major blow. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to sit here and talk about the ins and outs of that. I, I want to, I want to no, okay. ask you about how that next hunting season was like oh, boy. without him. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad I didn't see any deer cause I wouldn't have been able to see down the sights. Yeah. You know, there's just tears in my eyes the whole time. And to be honest, I don't know if I hunted that first year. I think I probably, I probably stayed out of it just cause it was just still too fresh. Right. But I mean, year after that, I remember <laughs> this is how we hunted. Basically, you just grab a, uh, you know, if you didn't have a stand set up, you just 
grab a folding chair and sit on a, on a field edge. And I remember doing that, sitting there with my shotgun and just watching the sun come up and just crying and talking to God, talking to dad and, you know, and being pissed off and being sad. And I think the whole thing, I mean, I was like, I have an older sister and I know that she was pretty mad about the situation. And I think my mom was too, yeah. probably still is. But for me, I think it's cause I kind of went through some depression stuff myself. Like, I think I just felt sad. I felt sad that he wasn't there and I felt sad that he was so sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, I was hunting it, after that was even did, now. I mean, I still talk to him and still talk to God and you know, just, just different. Did you, did you feel like there was yeah. a, a void in, oh, in yeah. during the season when he wasn't there? Oh, for sure. He, I mean, during gun season, you know, if we're all sitting by the fire having beers, it was like, I mean, he was, he was always a good, he would talk and have good conversations. It was never about anything deep or anything, but yeah. it was like, he was always energetic. And I mean, anybody that knew him knew John was, he was a fun guy to be around. And yeah, there was a, there's definitely a hole. I mean, there still is, you know, and the guys who we hunted with together, I mean, I, I hunt on that guy's property. He's got 40 just north of the cities that he still lets me bow hunt on. And I mean, I don't see a ton of deer there, but I think it's part, it's just, it's kind of tradition. I mean, it's kind of like I get to go there and relive memories I had with my dad. And I don't know, it's, it's a fun place. It's not a sad place. I mean, and there was just a lot of good memories with dad there. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, you, it sounds to me like you did this shotgun thing for a while and just, yep. it's almost like you were going through the motions, the right? Yep, for sure. Were you enjoying hunting at that point in your life or were you just like, well, it's that time of year I'm going to go hunting? I know I was enjoying it. You know, once, once it got to be October and the leaves are changing and, you know, it, I mean, I, you, you know, that feeling where, you know, where the season is, you know, upon you and it's just like, can't wait to get on the field. I definitely had that, you know, after dad died, you know, just shotgun hunting and everything, but I didn't take it serious. Right. I mean, if something came by, it was like, yeah, yeah, I'll shoot a buck. I'll shoot a doe. I never, I've never been a fan of shooting fawns, but I mean, we'll see how that goes December 31st if I haven't shot anything yet. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't say I was going through the motions, but it was like, I just, I was there and I was hunting, but I wasn't taking it real serious. If gotcha. that makes sense. Yeah. So you were, you were participating in it and you got somewhat excited, but you weren't, yep. you weren't like going crazy. No, okay. definitely not. Definitely so, not. <clears throat> walk us through, like, you, it sounds like you had a moment with your wife where you like shook your head and you're like, what did you say? Yeah. Yeah. So after, you know, it was probably four years after dad had been gone, you know, I'd, I'd been hunting and, you know, I'd go up opening, opening day, opening weekend, but that'd be about it. You know, I, like we said, it just, I wasn't taking it real serious. And at the time I was, I was getting real into Harleys and I, I, my dad had Harleys. 
it wasn't, you know, it was just, it was a cool thing to be into and motorcycles and a lot of my friends had them. So I was like, yeah, you know, let's, let's do this. And, and I forgot to mention that, uh, like the time that my dad took his life, I'd gotten engaged the week before. Yeah. And so we had gotten married the following October. Right. And, you know, setting the wedding up and everything like that. And wedding was difficult without him, but we got through it and it was all, it was a, a good day. But, um, at the time it was like, I forgot my, I lost my train of thought. Ask the question again. <laughs> <laughs> no, your, your wife, babbling. right? It sounds like yeah, she yeah. paid, she played yeah. a, a kind okay. of a role into I this next now. step in your hunting I remember. Career. Yes. <laughs> career. I, I just think it's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm a Joe Schmo. I'm not a pro right, right. <laughs> anyway, but, um, basically I was into Harleys and I really wanted this new exhaust and I'm like, man, I asked, I asked for him for Christmas and I'm thinking, man, I hope she gets them. I told her the part number. She should get it right. You know, I was real excited and she, we were opening presents. You know, we have our separate families that, you know, her side and my side, and we do, you know, Christmas day, Christmas Eve for present opening. And then after that, we have our own. Well, she, she's like, well, you want to open presents? I'm like, yeah. Heck yeah. So <clears throat> she's like, well, hold out your arms and shut your eyes. I'm like, what? You know, playing dumb. I'm like, these are the pipes. I wanted this exhaust. Okay. So I hold up my arms and she comes back and puts a bow case in my hands. I'm like, what? I was like, I was dumbfounded. I like, I didn't have words. I was like, what are you, how? I couldn't, I just couldn't speak. Well, now, anyway. Wait a second here. Did you yes. drop a ball to her saying, hey, maybe I'm, I should pick up bow hunting? at any point during like your relationship no, with her? She, she had actually said, and I don't know how she knew this, but in Minnesota, you know, both seasons from September 15th to new year's Eve. So it's a really long season. So she had actually said, you know, when I had gotten skunk with a shotgun, she's like, maybe you should bow hunt. Like, yeah. yeah, well, my old man always said it took so much time and I just, I don't know anything about it, so I'm just not even going to try. I had friends who bow hunted, but I was just, I wasn't ate up by it yet. <laughs> and she puts a bow case in my hand with a bow in it, and I spazzed out, and I was all giddy and ready to start shooting, and uh, I was, I, that was it. I was pretty much ate up by it. I went to a local range that uh, they're, they were really, really encouraging, and I basically walked in with the bow in my hand and said, "What do I do to get this to like? <laughs> what do I do? Teach me whatever I have to do to like learn how to shoot this thing and be accurate and consistent." Honestly, that's I went in and said, "I don't know what to do here." Right. It, it's they, funny. Those they, stories are funny to me. Like, you know, just in anything, right? Like, right, I can remember right. my first, and I, I've shared the story before, but I, I can remember my first experience with a bow. And there was a bale of hay out in my backyard, and I shot like five yep. arrows in it. And <laughs> they weren't even close to a group. And I just was right. like, at that point, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a bow hunter now, right? Like, I'm I, ready. I'm ready to John go. Rambo. Yeah. I'm ready to go <laughs> shoot a deer at, with yep. my, like, 
I don't know. I probably wasn't even yep. grouping in a car tire, right? I mean, at 10 <laughs> yards, just all over the place. Yep. Yep. No, I, I like I had shot bows, you know, my old, like I said, my old man bow hunted. He got me a old bear, like, you know, a compound, but like my rest was pretty much like a screw. Yeah. <laughs> like it was never, you know, I wasn't going to hunt with it or anything like that, but I, I like shooting bow. I was just, I never had my own. I didn't have the money to go buy a nice one or anything like that. And my wife for Christmas this year, that year, she went and found me a bow for a reasonable price. And then, you know, got me really good arrows and like basically got the ball rolling. And she got all these hints from a good buddy of mine who bow hunts. And he's still one of my closest buddies. Hi, Mark. Um, That, yeah, she, she got all the stuff I needed and uh, from there it's history. I went, I did, I will say I went to the range with that setup, and I'm shooting along. And like I said, the shop is really cool. And you know, they always, everybody I meet there is just so nice, like and encouraging and you can talk shop and what kind of site is that? What kind of release are you shooting? And people will just sit and talk with you. And it's, it was a really encouraging place to go. And, basically I'm shooting next to a guy. I can see he's got a really nice Matthews and I could tell what bows were what back then. And I, you know, I'm, I'm shooting at 20 yards and I Robin hood one at 20. I mean, it was way off this, off the X. It wasn't even close to the center, but I was consistent, but he goes, well, that's going to get expensive. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I still do it from this, you know, every once in a while, but, I try to not shoot at the same spot anymore just because that stuff adds up. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that first, like that very first year. So you got it for, you said you got it for Christmas. So you had to wait in yep. the entire, did you go hunting that season at all? Or did you wait for the next one? I waited for the next one. Okay. And to be honest, I think when we opened presents, it might've been in January. So I knew season was done. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to go and just toy around with this thing and learn how to shoot and get the ins and outs of it. And I think by maybe by March, I had already upgraded. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had guys at the, at that, at that range saying, well, when are you going to upgrade? When are you going to upgrade? I, I I had a little bit of idea of what they're talking about. I mean, I grew up playing golf. So it's like, I think of it as the same as like a new driver or, you know, this new driver is going to add, you know, 30 yards to your drive or whatever. You're going to hit it like Tiger Woods. It's like, well, my old, my mom and my dad used to always say it's, it's never the, uh, it's never the arrow. It's the Indian. Yeah. And I know that's not PC, but like it's never, it's, it's always the person using it. And if you know how to use it, you could, you could knock down big deer with just a, a stick and string. And people do do that. Yeah. You know that, but yeah, yeah, I was eight up, eight up with archery. And like, I, I had upgraded bow, upgraded my bow and all my like sight and my arrows and everything. And I was hooked. Right. So then obviously the equipment, right? You're you yep. shoot your bow for a while. You're like, okay, I'm going to upgrade my equipment. Um, yep. I, cause, cause you sounds to me like you really wanted to put in a, a good effort for that yep. next 
you know, for that upcoming season. What did that season teach you as far as, you know, not, <laughs> not the gear and the equipment, but the bow right. hunting, the, you know, the bow hunting, bow hunting in side, general yeah, side of things? Well, it was, I didn't see a lot of deer that year. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I was sitting in the same stands we hunted with shotguns with. And I mean, I, I'd see a doe 80 yards away and well, I can't take that shot, but, and I knew about like what an ethical shot was back then. And, you know, like just shooting with a shotgun, you kind of know your, your limit. So it's like, well, you got to play with your play within your means. So I was like, well, I'm not taking an 80 yard shot. And anyway, I, I learning how to use the wind and, I mean, I'm definitely not that good at it right now, but I kind of understand it, I think. So there was a lot of, a lot of just sitting and watching birds and squirrels and stuff. And I mean, nothing about scouting. I thought scouting was just pretty much just walking through the woods, you know, putting your cameras up and trail cameras are cool and everything, but it just seems to be more of a deterrent. Like it, more of a negative almost it's cool to get pictures you know this time of year in august or whatever but you just end up getting your stink all over the woods and uh it ends up being you kind of shooting yourself in the foot as far as you know when september rolls around october or whatever no no deer is going to be within 100 yards of where you think they're going to be because you've been all over every inch of those woods yeah yeah so i don't know i i scouting and everything like that i i was consumed by trail cameras i mean it was like i was scrolling through pictures i have thousands of sd cards in my house that i need to throw away but it's like you just i don't know it it's cool to be out in the woods but if you don't know any better you're just going to be ruining your chances for any upcoming hunt so i basically that first year maybe even no first year i pretty much just sat a lot and I'm thinking I'm going to will this to happen. So I'm sitting in crappy weather and snowstorms and shivering my butt off and just being miserable. And sometimes you got to do that, but I was just doing it because I thought I could will it to happen. Will this, you know, 10 pointer to walk up and write my shooting lane. And <laughs> that'd be all she wrote, but that was not the case. Right. Right. <laughs> So what were some of the biggest, like, what were some of the biggest takeaways from that going into the next season? Well, I mean, you know, the next season, I mean, it was learning how to use the wind and like, okay, where are you going to park? What's your route in? I mean, it was, I, I understood the wind a little bit, but I wasn't thinking of like where the deer are, where you're sitting and where they're going. I wasn't thinking of that. I was like, well, I'll just, keep the wind if i if there's a west wind i'm sitting facing a field to the west of me well i gotta sit this thing with a west wind because i want them to go in the field in front of me so they won't smell me well no deer is going to go in front of you if they smell you before they even go into the field so that was a kind of a slap my head and be like you dummy like you gotta think a little bit but i i mean definitely still not (laughs) <laughs> great at the wind but i'm uh i don't know, i think i'm making progress yeah i don't know if that answers your question at all well we but... never really it's almost like you never really know 
if you're making progress until you start to get those encounters, right? Or you, know, yeah. you yeah. get those small wins, right? You get right. you get right. a couple encounters or oh my god, this this you know, this move yep. worked or this thing I yep. changed ended up working. How how long yep. did it take uh for you to harvest your first deer with a bow? I um well, the first year I did, I did shoot a buck through the kindness of a good buddy of mine. He has a, he has uh land that he hunts, you know, just North of the city. He's pretty close to me that, um, he said, well, Hey, you know, nobody gun hunts this area. Do you want to come sit with me during gun season with your bow? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. What time? It's like, yeah. Um, why don't you, you know, why don't you show up at like noon one? I'm like, what? That's way early. Like, doesn't movement start at like four? So he wanted to sit, you know, a half day, which is, you know, was no problem. Basically, I he put me in a stand that he had built when he was probably 18, 19, and set me in a good spot. And I saw deer across the swamp from me, and I grunted, thinking, well, that's got to bring him in. Nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And then this buck walks out in front of me, and I, he walk, he walks right to me. Yeah. I don't I, I I don't know if he knew that was a good spot because I knew, like I said, he built the stand when he was eighteen nineteen. So he had, I know he had shot deer out of that stand, so it was just probably a historically good spot. And this he was an eight pointer. He walked up and I drilled him. It was another really good shot somehow. I mean, and I remember as I drew back, my arrow fell off my rest, and. I had time to draw back down, put my arrow back on, find him, and then pull the trigger. And he he probably went off 40 yards and piled up on a tree stump. And I walked up on him, and I thought he was a tank because his body was all, you know, mangled up over a tree stump that I didn't know was there. So he looked like he was a cow. And I walk up and, you know, lift him up and say, holy crap, he's a huge deer. He did have a good body on him, but, you know, he's an eight pointer. He's probably two and a half. Um, but that was my first, first deer, you know, with, with, you know, archery tackle. Um, but I can't say that that was really like a hundred, hundred percent my doing. Yes. I, I shot the deer and I sat until it happened, but he pretty much put me in the stand that he thought was right for me. So, um, I would say this last year was probably the first time that I, I put the work in, chose the stand, chose the wind direction. I wanted to walk in, you know, all the details, you know, lined up and I had a really great night and I shot a buck, you know, with my own knowledge that, that's what killed the buck. I was, I mean, I'm getting excited even just thinking about it. That was, it was really, really cool. That's and awesome. I don't know. I'm, well, you're learning, I'm excited right? For this season for sure. <laughs> you're learning, right? I mean, yeah. Would you say that you're starting to get quote unquote hardcore about it now where you're consuming, you're, you're consuming content, trying to solve your problems, going in, for sure. and doing the scouting, doing the, all the work necessary, trail cameras, you know, watching the wind, you know, all that stuff. For sure. For sure. I mean, as far as the wind and, you know, scouting and everything like that, I've, I, 
I've kind of taken a uh, a lesson from Tony Peterson. I know he's he's been on uh, Wired to Hunt a few times, but I like his tactic. You know, his his mentality about stuff. Like cameras are great, but if you can't stand and not check them, they're just they're not helping you. So yeah. sometimes less work is or less is more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like less scouting, less thinking up the woods, less checking your stupid cameras, you know, doing less and going in when the time is right type of thing, I think, you know, goes, goes a lot further than just trying to put in the boot work and sweat equity, I guess, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. So like for me, I don't know, I'm the, I'm the kind of person who I like to assess each property differently. Right. And you know, like sometimes, sometimes I don't like to live off what other people say. I like to use those principles and apply them, maybe apply them to my situation, but I never like, I never get caught up too much on what other people say. You know, I'm the kind of person who I got to learn the hard way in order for me, for it to sink in. So like for me, trail cameras tell me a lot about what, about what the deer are doing on my property. Maybe not right. that year, but you know, the, pr- the next year I can look back on the year and say, Oh man, what were they doing? And use that well, information. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and like, you know, you know, if you're, if you're checking trail cameras way, you know, way too many times in a day, obviously, or in a week, yeah. you know, obviously that's a, that's going to hurt you, but I don't think right. they're doing any harm. I, you know, I don't think they're doing any harm. It's more like, <laughs> I guess knowing myself, like if I got a camera out there soaking, I I want to I want to check the car. I I could probably get in there. The wind is wrong, but I could probably get in there. You know, no sweat and get out. No no problem. But I'm not a deer, and right. deer are survivors, and that's why they get to be big and and huge, and they don't get big by accident. So I don't know. I just I know me and. I, I actually had a camera stolen this year and one of them is not working. So I really only have one out there right now, but it's in a really good spot. And I put it out 4th of July and I'm going to let that sucker sit for a while. Right. But I mean, I, yeah, I, as far as the wind and cameras and gear and stuff like that, like I've, I've like, I've, taken a lesson from you and Mark and a lot of other guys who kind of run and gun. And the first time I did it, uh, last two years ago, I had a buck in front of me and it was in a spot I would never have thought. It was a spot. I always, it was actually probably 50 yards from where I shot my first deer, you know, a ton of years ago, but, um, the running gun thing, if you can set up and find fresh sign, I think that's, that's the way to go. I mean, it's great to have, you know, your, your, your staple stands that are going to be close to the same spot every year, or, you know, depending on crop rotations and things like that, what's in the fields and what's around. Um, those are good too, but I've, I bought a stand and sticks, you know, really light stuff. And I plan on using them a lot this year. <laughs> if, yeah, I, I plan on using them a lot this year. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. I hope all of this works out for you. I hope that. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I hope that uh, you you just keep learning, and I mean, 
everybody learns something new uh, every single year. If you don't, right, I don't know, right, people can get arrogant when it comes to, ah, oh, dude, I, I'm the best. I'm the best of the best. Right, right, right you know, all right, that crap. But right, man, right. I, I'm really pulling for you. Uh, so Thank you're back. You, at, you're back at it again in Minnesota this up this upcoming season, right? For sure. Yeah, it opens uh, around September 15th. I mean, I I have a 20 month old, so I, it's hard to be uh, too focused on anything right now. It's just kind of corralling him to doing different things. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm shooting my bow as much as I can. Um, yeah, shooting my bow a lot. Uh, <laughs> just kind of counting the days. And I, like I said, I do have some work left to do. Like. You know, just kind of finishing up some some stand prep stuff, and um, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to September. Hopefully, I can get it done early again this year. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. Well, <laughs> I tell you what. Good luck this upcoming season, man. We're all pulling for you, and uh, shoot something, and then maybe we can talk about it. I will. I'll do my best, Dan. Thank you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another podcast in the books. Huge shout out to David for sharing that uh, story with us, man. Really appreciate it. I just want to say real quick, suicide in some way kind of touches us at some point in our life, whether it's a firsthand experience uh, with a loved one or someone that you know, or it's kind of a secondhand experience when you know someone who's been affected by it. And I'll, I will just say that everybody has crazy downtimes in their life. I've experienced myself this, this, these really low points in your life. And if you are feeling low, if you are feeling sad uh, and you just can't get out of this rut, reach out to somebody, anybody, anybody. Um, and there are people in this world who want to help you. Right. And so if you feel like you don't have any other option, reach out, go to a church, there's counseling groups, there's support groups. There are people who understand your pain, the pain that you're going through. So take a moment and go and find help. Now that goes for someone who you may think is down, right? You know, a friend, he's suffering through a really tragic time in their life, or they just got laid off from a job or, you know, sometimes as guys, men, we don't talk about our emotions and sometimes we need to. Um, and if you have a friend that you feel is not quite there anymore, he's feeling low, he's having a bad time, call him out, ask him to go out for a breakfast or lunch or something like that. And, if you feel that that person needs help, find them help, force them to get help because, um, once somebody's gone, man, they're gone. And, uh, then after that, there's, there's the only thing left is, you know, regret and, uh, that can be painful at times. So I know that's not a good way to end the, the podcast, but it's important way to end the podcast. Uh, other than that, I just want to say, Again, thanks for David to, for coming on. Thanks to all of the partners of this podcast, Lone Wolf, Ripcord, Wasp, Ozonics Prime, and our title sponsor, Vortex. Other than that, man, if you haven't subscribed to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast on the standalone feed or on the Sportsman's Nation whitetail feed, please go do that. Hell, uh, subscribe to them both if you want, but you're going to get the same content. 
there's so much great content now coming through the Sportsman's Nation feed. We have the Hunting Gear podcast uh, that's that's out now as well. So just a ton of great information. The YouTube channel is up and rocking. We have the Southern Ground uh, YouTube uh, videos that, that come out through the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. So check those out. And uh, man, it's that time of year where we're starting to do a little bit more work in the field. So if you're going to be in a tree stand, please wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week.